0: Society would be so much better off if we could learn to treat each other like he's my brother. This is Rabbi Yitzchak Price with another episode of Tachlis Talks, growth-oriented, partial-related Torah podcasts. In the coming double-header parshas of B'har Bechukosai, we encounter the Torah prohibition against lending money with interest. If I'm lending you $10,000 or, well, Maybe more likely, if you're lending me $10,000, you cannot be demanding that I pay you back a penny more than that $10,000. The loan must be given as a free loan. Simply, what you give me is what I give back. Now, beyond the scope of our podcast today, there are systems under which contracts can be drawn up that would allow for some type of a revenue on the exchanged money. That's very complicated, something that's done in many of the banks in Israel. And should it be pertinent, you're involved in such a uh, exchange, need some guidance, we can be in touch. But the overall general mitzvah is to lend money. It's a mitzvah to lend money, a very significant mitzvah to lend money, and to lend that money without demanding any interest in return. But not only... Is there a prohibition on the lender demanding interest from the borrower? The borrower is not allowed to be paying interest to the lender. I can't say, oh, it's okay, it's cool with me, I'll pay you back more, I'm not worried about the interest. That will not absolve us of this crime. It will be prohibited for there to be an interest exchange, even if I'm comfortable paying that money. Even if I want to pay that money, it is prohibited. Which raises the following curiosity... What if that makes me actually more comfortable with the whole loan? What if I feel awkward with the fact that you're lending me money and tying up your cash and unable to use it for some other investment, and I'm, I'm frustrated by the fact that you're doing me such a big favor? I would feel it less of a favor. I'd feel more comfortable with it if it was simply with interest. Hopefully not too much, but if it was some interest, it would kind of take off of my shoulders that sense of feeling uh, a little bit of a burden in accepting this favor from you. I heard an idea, probably about a decade or so ago, from Rabbi Yochanan Zweig, the uh, Rosh Yeshiva head of the yeshiva in Miami Beach, where he described as follows. If you look in the Torah portion, where it's dealing with this issue about not charging interest, there's a term that is repeated that may be the answer to this question. The Torah uses more than once the focus on the term brother. Do not do this to your brother. Do not charge this interest to your brother. Help sustain your brother. Help him survive and thrive. And don't be giving him a a loan with the extra bite of the interest. Brother may be the key term over here. Because... One can more easily imagine a situation where within a family, a healthy family, where the siblings are getting along very well and there's you know, one has simply access to more cash than the other, that where one needs some resources, the other would share. One can imagine a situation in which we feel comfortable sharing the the, the, the assets and, okay, it's not, not I'm gifting it to you. Temporarily, you need it, you use it, you'll give it back to me later. And there's a lot less of a stress or strain over there in the fact that, oh, I'm coming on to a favor. He's helping me big time at his expense. One can imagine that within a family, one would feel that we operate this way. My brother has a need. I'm there for him. He has a need. I have a need. He's there for me. And in that context... It would be much easier to imagine being comfortable accepting that loan even if there is no interest. And it would not feel like an undue, uh, an unusual type of uh, extreme favor. Well, if Torah is teaching us that within the Jewish world we are all brethren, I should view each other as my brother. Ah, that may be the resolution over here. Because we are all brethren, that's why it operates this way. And to the degree that I can learn to appreciate you as my brother, well, it'll be much easier for me to lend you the money, and even easier as well for me to borrow money when we are all really viewing each other as brothers. How do we do that? The Torah is preaching over here that we are to view each other as a brother. That's the attitude we should have toward each other. It should be natural to us to view the other members of society who are not our actual siblings, as brethren. How do we make that happen? One thought is that the degree of being a brother is because we share the same parents. Well, in kind of two different directions, we do. Because, okay, of course even if it's not actual parent, or grandparent, or great-grandparent, but if we are all descendants of Abraham, of Abraham of Inu, And even though there are many amazing people who have opted into Judaism, who are not a biological descendants of Avraham, but who are conceptual descendants of Avraham, they are adopted into the family and securely part of that family, uh, not just like passing through. So they are brethren as well. And if we start viewing, we are part of one family. And although Avraham was a long time ago, but let's get perspective. World is 6,000 years old, not yet. Five, 7, 80, Since Adam, Abraham is first born in the year nineteen forty-eight of creation. He first bears his son Yitzchak a hundred years later. Two thousand years have passed until Abraham was on the scene. That means we share a common link that is past the first third of world history. So, for two thirds of world history, uh, you know, we are linked. Um, it's far back. But conceptually, we can relate to the fact that, oh, there's something I share in common that is an absolute bond with every other member of the tribe, or tribes. That may be hard for us, but how about the following? We share another father, the Avinu Sheba There's the father in heaven, the father who's teamed up with every union None of our parents are able to have us come into existence without assistance from God above. We are really to view ourselves as having three partners in our existence, our father, mother, and God. And as such, well, that's one parent that I have that so do you, and so do you and each of you. We may not each share the father and the mother piece of that picture, but we all share that third parent. And as a parent who's looking down who gets that nachas, who gets that appreciation when his children get along. Common issue about how disturbed a parent is, how frustrating it is to a parent when their children don't get along with each other, sibling rivalry, I'm talking about not the two or three year old, he knocked down my blocks, but where uh, later on in life where they're not getting along, how much incredible pain that brings to parents, how much incredible nachas and comfort when they see that their children are there for each other, and especially when they're there for each other big time, how much nachas, how much comfort, joy we bring Hashem, we bring God when we show that we are there for each other. And I recognize that, oh, we have this common link, and they are my brethren. One of my mentors years back put this into perspective for me. A discussion came up about a certain dialogue about a certain group within, within the Jewish world, and what they were doing, and he was upset that people were having a lot of discussion about this behavior. It was, it was something they were doing that was wrong. But um, in a, the argument back was, it's not Lashon Hara, it's not technically Lashon Hara, because of reasons A, B, and C, which were 100% accurate. And he responded, true, it's not Lashon Hara. What you're speaking is not prohibited under the parameters of Lashon Hara. But does it make Hashem happy to hear that that's how you talk about His children? Imagine again, you're schmoozing with so-and-so about somebody else, and you're bringing up a topic, and technically what you're discussing, even though it's painting a negative picture, you've really worked through the laws of of gossip, and it's not technically Lashon Hara. But you wouldn't talk about this if their mother was in front of you. Uh, There's a famous story that circulated around Israel with um, two uh, young women who are on a bus and um, schmoozing about so and so, and on and on about so and so, um, and about how I can't believe that you know that. that that, um, somebody got engaged to him. Don't they realize um, what kind of a guy he is? And they were talking about behaviors of so-and-so and and nothing that was inaccurate and nothing that the two of them didn't fully know. So they weren't sharing any new information and they weren't sharing this with anybody else, they thought, until the woman in front of them turned around and said... I really appreciate your letting me know about all this information. And this like woman is like like shaking as she's saying these words. I appreciate your, your letting me know this because I never would have let my daughter go through the engagement had I known all this. And these two girls are just realizing they just threatened the future of this young couple's potential marriage by schmoozing about this so-and-so and his, his behaviors. And she says, I need to decide what to do next. And she's about to get off the bus when she turns around and says, by the way, I'm not really the mother. I don't know anything about the story, but I could have been. You don't want to be caught in that situation. Even if it's not Lashon Hara, is it bringing the parent to Nachas? Is it bringing the parent joy? Is it bringing God to Nachas? Is it bringing God joy? And if we view ourselves as all sharing that parent in heaven with that person that we could be talking about or with that person that we could be lending money to, it changes the whole relationship, the whole dynamic, because we are ultimately really brethren, sharing that Father in heaven. As we are in this block of time, still in the quarantine mode of Corona, anybody listening to this in the current mode, Uh, still in mid-May of 2020, in this mode where we are suffering still, isolation and the new normals being painted, which will have some degrees of, of isolation and restriction and not knowing quite yet exactly what's ahead. But as we are kind of, pulling back into a world that we're going to see other human beings more often, not just on Zoom, but actually live, and and how much appreciation we should have just to be able to connect with another person on some level, how lonely so many have been, and how much they really, really will appreciate the opportunity to interface with others, and the recognition that Hashem has given us a lot of brothers, and again, maybe second, third, or 23rd cousins, But we are really linked, and we may not be able to figure it out at all with the best uh, genealogists, but the reality is we share that common core father above and how much we should be appreciative that we have those brethren to interface with, how much appreciation we should have, and therefore how much we should be focused on being there for each other. Again, avoiding the negative, avoiding the smoothing in ways that would be painful to the parent to hear, and being there in the positive sense, whether it's literally the loans of our Parsha, or each of the other endeavors, that if it was really my brother, I would be there for him, and viewing the other party as uh, being the parallel enough that I want to be there for them as well. Simultaneously, we're in this period of time getting closer and closer to Sinai, closer and closer to the Shavuos holiday that celebrates our getting the Torah at Sinai, where the step that triggered our capacity to get the Torah from God was the oneness and the unity among Israel at the time. As the text describes, we were camped there. The Israel was camped there in the singular, a little hard in English to capture this, but Vayichan sham Yisrael, rather than saying Vayachanu, rather than that they camped there, he, Israel, camped there at the mountain, the often quoted Rashi, like one man with one heart, the nation was united in its focus on that desire for Torah. The unity was a fabulous um, aspect that allowed us to be elevated to the point that we could be the recipients of Torah. Unity, that sense of we're all one, we're tied together, we're brethren. We share the Father, and at another level, we share part of our, part of our inner essence is shared. Because the divisions between us, that's physical. But part of me is the neshama. Part of me is being in the image of God. And that's part of you as well. You share something with me that's far more sublime and far more significant than the bodies that divide us. That unity, that focus on the fact that we have the potential to unite was, as the Talmud understands, a a very important uh, factor in God's readiness to give us the Torah, And as we approach to us again, thinking of the brotherhood among Israel, thinking of the desire to be able to treat each other as that brother, we can hopefully have that attitude that as we start to interface with people again, we can constantly be on the lookout for the good. Let's try to start over. We're almost like Noah coming out of the ark. The world's starting over, and we have the opportunity to start over with, hey, let's look at the opportunities to be there for each other, let's look at the opportunities to see the positive in the other, let's look for the opportunities to appreciate that other, and that will make us much more likely to kind of get it right, get our communal interactions right, get our our social meetings and endeavors right, and in so doing, make it that much more likely that we, on our own, together with each other brother out there, all together assist each other in continuing to grow to achieve our Tachlis.